0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Rays Radio
1: Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. The 2-2. Swing and a miss.
2: Hey, strikeouts. That goes down. That's
3: eight Strikeouts.
1: Coming up, we'll recap the action from this past week. Take a look around Major League Baseball and sit down for in-depth interviews with the biggest names in the game. Line back up the middle, but there is Franco. To the left of the bag, he turns and throws him out, and the Rays have won it in Atlanta. Here's your host, Neil Solons.
4: Welcome to our latest show as we open up the month of May in this anniversary campaign. Today, we'll chat with Isaac Paredes. We'll discuss his improved defense, and how the WBC experience has helped him this season. Brian Anderson will join us from Valley Sports Sun as we review the team's incredible start and a very difficult month ahead. We'll discuss the bullpen with new coach there, Jorge Moncada, plus we'll visit with Manny Navarro and discuss the late Gene Ramirez and Mental Health Awareness Month. We continue on This Week in Race Baseball, and our featured guest this week is infielder Isak Paredes, joined by translator Manny Navarro. Thanks so much for your time. Conmigo están Isak Paredes y Manny. Gracias por tu tiempo.
2: Gracias, gracias, y un saludo a toda la fanaticada
0: de los Rays. Thank you, thank you, and thank you to all the fans, all the fans of the Rays.
2: How much fun are you having now? ¿Cuánto te viertes ahora? Eh, mucho, la verdad que creo que estoy en, la, en el mejor, uno de los mejores momentos de mi carrera. A lot. A lot, honestly. I think this is one of the bigger moments in my career. ¿Por qué? Why? qué? Porque estoy recibiendo la oportunidad de jugar mucho y ya me estoy dando cuenta lo que es jugar mucho Liga. I'm finally getting the opportunity to play every day and I'm, I'm starting to learn
0: how it is to play every day.
4: Do you like the masks in the dugout? ¿Tú gustan las mascaras en el dugout?
0: Claro que sí. Es muy divertido. Of course, man. It's a lot of fun.
4: What is
2: the meaning of them to you? ¿Cuál es el significado uh, de eh the eyas para ti? Este significado para mí es México, la verdad que las máscaras de México usa mucho la lucha libre y creo que eso me recuerda mucho a mi país. It signifies a lot of, of
0: Mexico. The, the lucha libre mask are used a lot in Mexico and reminds me a lot of that. And
4: tell me, I think your defense is much better this year. Do you agree? ¿Creyo que tu defensa está mucho mejor este año?
2: Estás de acuerdo? Eh uh, sí, este como estoy un poco más maduro, conozco más el béisbol en la tercera base que el año pasado y es año con año que uno va mejorando. I think I'm matured a
0: lot. I think a little bit uh, no a little bit more about third base than I did last year and I think every year you learn a little bit more. How are you better?
4: ¿Cómo estás mejor? Más rápido, mejor es uh, los movimientos, ¿cómo?
2: Este, estoy enfocándome mucho en en la reacción de los de los lados y y y durante la práctica estoy suponiendo mucha atención en eso y creo que eso me ha ayudado. I'm trying to put a lot more attention on my side to side movement, so I work on that in practice and that's where I focus on.
4: And how much do you think the Classic helped you? ¿Cuánto uh, te ayudó el Clásico?
2: Me ayudó mucho. La verdad que se vio mucha adrenalina y creo que ahí supe controlar lo que nervios. I learned a lot. I think I learned a lot about adrenaline and I think that helped
0: me get through the nerves of playing in big stage. Tell me what was your best experience, or was that your best experience
4: in baseball? ¿Esa fue tu mejor experiencia en el baseball?
2: Sí, por mucho. Yeah, by a lot.
4: Why? Por qué?
2: Porque estamos, creo que siempre cuando juegas para un equipo se representa el equipo, pero jugar para el equipo de tu país creo que es algo muy grande y una responsabilidad muy grande.
0: When you play for a team, you know, there's a responsibility of playing for a team, but there's also the responsibility of, of representing the, the jersey and the country of that jersey that you wear.
4: So what was, uh, what did it mean to represent Mexico? ¿Qué significó? representar a mexico
2: fue mucho la verdad que eso le ayudó a creer muchos en los niños que que le pueden echar ganas al béisbol ya ves que en mexico se usa mucho fútbol soccer y creo que eso ayudó un poco un empujón para para que se practique un poco más el béisbol think it's more of a baseball
0: recognition of more people to get be aware of of baseball as, as a sport itself you know a lot of kids uh the country itself there's a lot of uh, soccer players, and a lot of kids play that, but I think this has helped the youth uh, follow baseball a little bit better, and I think it's made a bigger push, the sport.
4: When you were young, did you play soccer too? Cuando era niño, uh, uh, jugaste uh, al
0: fútbol?
2: Sí, jugaba mucho más fútbol que béisbol. Yeah, I played soccer a lot more than I did baseball.
4: So, uh, what was your position? ¿Qué fue tu posición?
2: Jugué portero y medio, y central medio. and then uh, midfield.
4: And why did you choose baseball? Por qué elegiste el baseball uh, de de fútbol?
2: Lo elegí ya cuando estaba un poquito más grande porque sabía que era mejor en el baseball.
0: Uh, I chose baseball a little bit older in life because I, I knew I was better at baseball than I was in soccer.
4: You still play soccer? Uh, Todavía? Uh, jugar, uh, ¿Puedes uh, jugar fútbol?
2: No, ahorita oh, sí lo juego, lo, sí si los juego los juegos por diversión, pero no creo que sea tan bueno ahora. If I play it, I play it more for fun.
4: But I don't think I'm that good now. Okay, you've had many good moments with your rays, with the rays so far. What is your favorite? Has tenido muchos momentos buenos con los tres. ¿Cuál fue su momento favorito y por qué?
2: Este, creo que momentos individuales, pues fueron muchos. La verdad que fueron muchos que, que los viví, lo disfruté mucho. Pero siempre quise jugar un playoff y una serie mundial aquí. Creo que el wild card del del año pasado con Cleveland, creo que fue mi mejor mi momento favorito. Uh, individually
0: speaking, you know, there's a lot of individual things that I can point out. Uh, but I've always wanted to play in a playoff game, in the World Series, and I think in the Wild Card Series last year against Cleveland, I was able to at least accomplish that.
4: Do you like Randy land so far? Te gusta Randyland?
2: Sí, me gusta mucho Randy. Sí, me gusta. Yeah, I love it. Why? Why do you like it? Por qué? Porque son cosas que. You no know, a Randy does a lot of unique things and there's a lot of things that a lot
0: of players don't really do and the fun that he has it really shows when he's out there. What has
4: Randy taught you? K enseñando Randy
2: he really taught me, taught me a lot.
0: He taught me really how to have fun. You know, not to really hang your head on things that you can't control. Go out there and play hard and don't worry so much about the results and just have fun. You seem more comfortable now.
4: Is that true? And, and if so, why? Pareces más comodo aquí este año. Uh, ¿Estás de acuerdo y por qué?
2: Uh, un poquito más de confianza, este, creo que ya conozco más a mis compañeros, este, ellos me conocen un poco más a mí. Creo que soy un, un tipo que no habla mucho, pero creo que por eso me siento más a gusto porque estoy cómodo con mis compañeros y ya los conozco ellos.
0: I think the confidence. I think I'm a lot more confident with my teammates and I think my teammates are a lot more confident with me. I know I'm one that doesn't really talk too much, but I think that has helped me stay more comfortable with these guys.
4: You have a different song this year. Why did you change? Uh, Tienes una nueva canción. ¿Por qué elegiste?
2: Este es algo que me motiva a llegar al complain, pero creo que vamos a cambiarla a algo mejor. <laughs> no,
0: it's just uh, something that motivates me a little bit uh, to hear it, and it's just hopefully it'll help me play
2: better.
4: So, what does it mean to you, that song? ¿Qué significa para ti? ¿Cómo lo elegiste? ¿Y por qué es importante?
2: Lo elegí porque lo escucho mucho con la familia esas canciones y bueno, me recuerda a ellos y ellos son la motivación para para pelear cada turno y creo que por eso la elegí.
0: No, it's a song that I listen to with my family a lot. It motivates me and it's a song to remind me to keep battling and keep going out there.
4: You still like wrestling? Todavía te gusta luchador?
2: Sí, <laughs> todavía. Yeah, I still like it.
0: John
4: Cena's is still your favorite? Todavía?
2: John Cena sigue mi favorito. When-
4: when will you get to see him? Cuando uh, te, te ves.
2: Lo puedes conocer. No sé cuando cuando tenga la oportunidad de conocerlo, creo que me voy a tomar una foto con él y la voy a subir en mis redes sociales. I think whenever I get the opportunity to meet him, I'm going to take a
0: picture and I'll post it on my uh, social medias.
4: Hopefully soon. You seem very calm. Have you always been that way? Pareces muy tranquilo. Siempre has sido así.
2: Yeah, I'm very calm
0: and I think out on the field I'm very calm as well. Uh, I don't like to put too much pressure or too much aggressiveness into my game because I feel like I'll rush myself or I'll put pressure on myself, so I like to play a little bit more calm.
4: When well, your family is like you, can into your familia como como tú?
2: Uh, yo pienso que es mi papá. Este, yo, 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 mi hija, la verdad es muy. Yo pensé que iba a salir igual que yo, pero ella es muy inquieta y creo que no sacó nada. Mi solamente mi papá y yo somos así. I
0: would say my dad. You know, my my daughter has got a lot more energy. Yet that should be more like me, but I think my dad and myself are a lot more alike. Tell me what makes
4: a good hitter and what are your greatest strengths as a hitter. ¿Qué hace un buen bateador y cuáles son tus puntos fuertes como bateador? Mm.
2: Cuáles son mis puntos fuertes? Pues mi punto fuerte es, es un bateador de pullear la bola, este, este año últimamente cuando empecé bien la temporada y creo que dos strikes me apresuré más a batear al right field y se están dando resultados y cuando vuelvo a tener mi confianza o vuelvo a, a hacer el mismo bateador pulliado. Uh, I think my strengths are obviously I'm a, I'm a pull hitter, a pull power
0: hitter and I think when things aren't going really that uh, well for me, especially with two strikes, I try to think the right field, but when I'm thinking uh, really well and I'm feeling good, I like to pull the ball. So when you're not
4: playing
2: baseball, what do you like to do? Cuando uh, no not jugando baseball, qué te gusta hacer? Estar con mi familia, hacer comida con mis familias, estar con mi hija, estar con mi novia, con mis abuelos, mis papás. Creo que esos son mis momentos favoritos. Just being out
0: with my family, going out to dinners with my family, uh, with my parents, my girlfriend, my daughter, uh, my grandparents, just any, anyone in my family.
2: And do you have hobbies? Uh, Tienes hobbies o pasatiempos? Mm, no como ver películas solamente y estar en casa no just simply just watching movies and staying home what movies
4: have you watched qué, qué películas uh, viste uh, reci- recientemente
2: este siempre me gusta ver cosas de películas de deporte o si no o si estoy así con mi novia en la noche me gusta ver muchas películas de terror Creo I like to watch a lot of movies based off sports. Uh,
0: or at night, if I'm with my girlfriend, you know, like watching uh, horror movies. Okay.
4: And do you cook? Te gusta cocinar?
2: No, no cocino yo. <laughs> no, I don't cook.
4: So what, what is your favorite food though? ¿Cuál
2: es tu com- comida favorita? Los mariscos in México. Uh, the seafood in Mexico.
4: Okay. And have you found a restaurant like that here, do you have a favorite restaurant? ¿Tienes un restaurante favorito aquí?
2: No, no aquí no no hay un restaurante favorito. He ido bastantes eh, restaurantes mexicanos, pero no tengo un favorito. Now, there there are, I haven't found one that's my favorite, but there are plenty out
0: here, but not one that's just pointed out to be my favorite. And do you also do you fish?
2: ¿Te gusta pescar o? No, no me me gusta mucho la playa, el mar y todo, pero no me gusta pescar.
0: No, not so much. I like going to the the beach and I like hanging out at the beach, but not so much to fish.
4: And tell me some of your favorite. TV shows or movies. Uh, ¿Cuáles son tus programas de televisión favoritos o películas favoritas?
2: Este, el programa en México siempre fue... Hay una, un programa que se llama La Rosa de Guadalupe, Como Dice el Dicho, El Chavo del Ocho, fue uno de los programas favoritos. Yeah. La
0: Cera de, de Guadalupe es el nombre de la show. Uh, there's a few Spanish shows, Mexican shows, that I like to watch that are over there. Hecho un dicho? ¿Cómo era? Como Dice el Dicho. Como El dicho is the name of the show out in Mexico as well.
4: And in los
2: Estados Unidos, in the United States, any favorites, yeah. tus favoritos aquí? No, la verdad no. No soy muy amante de ver muchas cosas en inglés, pero pero sí me gusta todo lo que sea de deportes lo veo en la tele y, y me pongo a ver programas mexicanos.
0: No, I'm not so much a lover of, of watching TV in English here, but like I said, movies uh, about sports or anything I like to watch.
4: Well, thank you so much for your time. I learned a lot. Hopefully the fans did too. And I wish you continued success. Gracias por tiempo y yo aprendí mucho. Los fanáticos aprendieron mucho y el éxito continuó.
2: Gracias. Muchas gracias. Thank you. Thank
4: you very much. And that's Isaac Paredes with Manny Navarro. We'll continue right after this with uh, Brian Anderson from Valley Sports Sun. Thanks so much for being with us. You're listening to This Week in Rays Baseball on the Rays Baseball Network.
5: save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an ac pro recharge kit today be a pro
4: with ac pro well we appreciate the time of isaq karedes and also translator manny navarro on our last segment we're now joined by brian anderson of valley sports sun and ba as this magical start to the 2023 season continues i'm kind of curious with us about now Five, six weeks in, what has stood out to you in terms of maybe biggest surprise in the first six weeks from your standpoint?
5: (laughs) That's really easy. The offense. (laughs) I mean, just how robust this offense is. I think that we all felt that the offense was going to improve. I mean, you remember a season ago, the Rays had scored 200 runs fewer than they did the year before. And that was magnified in that wild card series against Cleveland. And so that was the talk you got to add a bat, uh, you know, a, a big left-handed bat, or what are you going to do to to fix the offense in the offseason? And they decided to stay in pat and said, you know what? with With better health and more development and guys taking the next step, we feel like we have enough in-house. And so I, I think that the feeling was, yeah, the offense will be better. I don't think anybody saw it to this level. It is – it's been incredible. I mean, and it doesn't matter who you play, who you sit, you know, give a Rosa Reina, Brandon Lau day somebody, it doesn't matter. They're going to put up seven or eight runs. It, it feels like every single time. And uh, the reason is, is because you've got so many different guys contributing. And from what I've seen through the five or six weeks, you've got so many different guys that have a better approach at the plate, you know, that, that, that have a two strike approach, uh, that are being more selective, something that was a point of emphasis in spring training, you know, some of these guys, you see there's their overall swing rates are, are down their first pitch swing rates, you know, down all of a sudden contact rates, hard contact way up. OK, yes. Yeah, swinging the bat less, being more selective and, and driving the baseball. Harold Ramirez comes to mind what he's been doing. I know he's a good hitter, but he's at another level right now. I mean, he's playing at, a, at an MVP level as far as swinging the bat goes, with what he's been doing. So that's what for me. That's it. It's how robust the offense is, and how many guys are contributing. You're not riding the the, the bat. You've got up and down that lineup, guys contributing every single night, and I think that that is, you know, again, knew it would be better, didn't think ever it would be this good.
4: And you mentioned the production all the way through, but I think even when guys aren't productive, I think of the, the Mitch Keller game against the Pirates from earlier in the week where I think Francisco Mayhew had a bloop double in his two at-bats against him, but he saw 16 pitches at the bottom of the order, and, and that's having a real impact on who the Rays are seeing later in the game, too.
5: Yeah, and that stuff matters, especially now. Um, because you, you know that these pitchers are limited. You know, they're not going to get much past 100 pitches, 103, you know, in that range. So if you can have a guy in the seven, eight, nine hole eat up 16, 17 pitches in, in a few at-bats, that's huge. And, and by the way, that's frustrating for the pitcher, because those are the guys that you want to hey, Boom, 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 you know, the, the, the raise philosophy. The, let, let's go out there Drew do Rasmussen philosophy. How quickly can I get this guy out? Strike one, strike two, and see you later. I head back to the dugout. And when those guys are forcing you into eight and nine pitch at bats, that is frustrating uh, mentally on top of the fact that it's eaten up your, the pitches that you have allotted for that game anyway.
4: And I think we all felt that if, if Brandon Lau and Wander Franco and Randy Rosarino were healthy, it would take pressure, pressure off the young guys, but the production of Luke Rayleigh and Josh Lowe, and even the improvement of Taylor Walls has probably been beyond expectation. Who of those three do you think has grown the most? in the early part of this season.
5: So you're, you're, you're giving me walls, Rayleigh or low. Hmm. Mm, but man, that's a tough choice. I mean, you know, Luke Rayleigh in his power, but you know that that power is there. I like the changes that he, that he's made with his, with his swing, you know, kind of taking out some of the excess movement, lowering the hands, not as much of a leg kick. Uh, that's helped him tremendously. I would have to say, that's a tough one. I mean, that really is a tough one. Josh Lowe, to me, has been so impressive. Uh, just his approach at the plate, the, the, the swing through the zone, he, it seems as if he's keeping the bat through the zone longer. He's doing a, a tremendous job with two strikes. You know, when he gets down, he's able to foul off some pitches and give himself a chance. And I know going into a couple of games ago, you know, he was hitting 250 with a 300 on base with two strikes. You know, a lot of guys, you'll take that for the year. Two strikes, that's pretty good. I mean, that, that's doing, you know, that's that's an approach. And and then on top of that, he's getting the ball in the air more at a higher percentage. And guess what? More to the pull side. What's that led to? Oh, some home runs and some big home runs. That one that he hit, uh, you know, a few days ago at the drop, 455 feet. I'm so angry it hit the D-ring because I wanted to see what kind of damage it was going to do to the back wall, to that back scoreboard. I mean, fortunate for the Rays, they didn't have to – you know, have to pay for it to get that thing re- re- repaired, but that was an absolute blast. And, and so I think that, that, Oh, and, but it's hard to discount what Taylor walls is doing because defensively, you, you know, what he's going to give the raise and, and he plays at such a, an elite level at multiple positions, but then at the bat, especially from the right side, from the right side, he is absolutely given left-handers fits. So It's a tough pick between the three. If I had to pick one, it would be Josh Lowe at 1A and probably Wolsey at 1B with Rayleigh right there at 1C. (laughs) (laughs) And
4: and with all the talk about how good the offense has been, does does Yadier Diaz get maybe not underrated by us, but on a national scale? I really think he's one of the better leadoff hitters now in the game.
5: Yeah, not your prototypical leadoff hitter from back in the day. In today's game, he is. Uh, I absolutely agree with that. He's not, we know what he's what he can do and what he does and what he has done. Nationally, that that's not been the case. That, the, there's no question. But his his combination of being so disciplined at the plate, you know, he's got the low one of the lower chase rates in baseball. So he understands the strike zone. He's willing to take a walk that that fits right into being that leadoff hitter, and he's going to hit around three hundred anyway. And and maybe maybe you know plus or minus, but he's right there anyway with an on base that's going to be four and 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 a little over. Now he's he's instituted the power game. You know, he was always up the middle, slap it the other way. Big guy, hit the ball hard. A lot of ground balls, a lot of base hits. Good average, good on base. That's awesome. Now he's giving you power. He's taking chances early in counts. Um, you know maybe he feels comfortable against a certain pitcher and early in the count or when he's ahead, he's going to take a chance to try to turn on one and get it out to, to left field and get it in the air. And that's paying off in a big way. So he, he's not diminished any of his bat-to-ball skills average on base, but he's added some, some power on top of it. He's, uh, he's been – well, you just, just get him in line with everybody else in this lineup that is uh, exceeding what I think anybody thought that they were capable of doing so quickly.
4: Put on your pitching hat, B.A. If you're facing this lineup – How would you attack? What are the kinds of things that you would do to try and keep them off balance? Because Houston's probably the only team so far who really I thought did a great job of, of handling the rays and keeping them in check.
5: Yeah, no, there's no question about that. And they stuck to their guns. You know, that, that series, what stood out to me was the way that they went after Brandon Lau. And I think that they identified that, that uh, they felt that with slower breaking stuff and change-ups that they could, you know, that they could compete against Brandon and feel good about having some success. And then it ended up being that outside of Ryan Stanek, that's all they threw him for the series. So they, I, I mean, it was it was incredible how they set that up. I think with any good lineup like that, you've got to do a couple of different things. And we actually highlighted it um, the other day when Zach Eflin pitched, he had a four pitch at bat. And we were talking during the course of the game how Zach never stays in one area one area of the plate too long he never stays with one pitch too long he's always changing and challenging a hitter's eye discipline in the strike zone beyond the strike zone and different pitches and he had an at-bat and I can't remember who it was against but it was a first pitch curveball middle of the plate down called strike one then he went change up down and away off the plate ball one and one cutter in off the plate awkward swing and then fastball up and in that two seamer front door two seamer strike three so what it ended up being was four pitches in four completely different spots a strikeout looking that's how you have to pitch against this Rays lineup you cannot get comfortable with one particular pitch one particular sequence or one particular side of the plate you've got to bust them in soft away hard up and in soft down middle you, you you've got to you've got to play the back and forth game with them. You've got to change your eye levels. You got to you got to bust them at the top of the zone, and then you better have something that can finish down below the zone. And study those reports. And if they're scuffling with a particular pitch right then, and you throw it, throw it. <laughs> I mean that's that's the way you have to do it. Even that, even doing all that, um, it forces a pitcher to have to be perfect if he's going to spray pitches around the zone because. That can be difficult to nail that spot every time, and the one time you let a pitch leak and it catches a little bit too much plate, this Rays team has been notorious for making you pay for it, and so they're, they're not really easy to pitch to at all, but you had better be on point, and you had better be mixing and matching all over that strike zone.
4: Chatting with Brian Anderson of Valley Sports NBA, since you brought up Zach Eflin, how much of an impact can he have? as you start to learn about him on some of the other pitchers that the Rays do have, obviously he's a unique look in terms of what he throws and how he throws it, but the types of things he does, how can that impact some of the other either starters or even relievers?
5: Well, I I mean, as you saw in that, that last start uh, against Pittsburgh, he can take pressure off that bullpen because he is so doggone efficient because He's a strike though. He fits right in with the Rays. I mean, he's a strike thrower. You look at his zone percentage, you know, the zone percentage for a pitcher in Major League Baseball is 48 and a half percent, 48 and a half percent of their pitches are going to be in the zone. You look at every Rays starter. They're above 50. It just depends on, on how far above 50 they are. Rays pound the zone. Eflin's one of those guys, but he's got good stuff as far as not going to overpower you with velocity, but he's got a lot of late movement and complementary movement. What do I mean by that? Well, he's got that sinker, that two seamer that gets the arm side run one way. And then he comes with a, with a cutter with some good ride to it the other way. So he splits the plate East, East and West with the two seamer and the, and the cutter. And then here comes the curveball to slow things down with depth. And then here comes the changeup that we can use as a weapon against lefties and even some righties from time to time. So, you know, he's got those four pitches and he's got a, a very repeatable delivery and has shown the ability to throw quality strikes consistently. So what that has allowed him to do is, you know, he's a he's a 13 or you know, 14 pitch an inning guy uh, that's that has a chance to take a lot of the load off the bullpen. And it's just another example of, hey, guys, you don't have to throw 100 to have to be to pitch at a high level. This guy is not afraid of the strike zone, you know, throwing low to mid nineties, not even mid nineties, but in that 93 range. And he's still not afraid to attack the zone. Why? Cause he's got confidence that he can put the pitches uh, where he needs to. And that, that last start was as good as we've seen him. And it was, it was, you know, I mean, it was, it was a pleasure to watch cause he was in complete command.
4: Right. Hey, the, I mean, the racers still doing this without Tyler Glasnow and he began his rehab assignment in Durham, on friday what are you most looking forward to with this club the next four weeks because at least as we speak until they face the cubs um they don't have a team that's at or below 500 right now that they're going to face and they have just one day off
5: yeah you know what you're right and and it's going to be a challenge that this next road trip will be a real challenge not only because of the teams that they play but how long the, the trip is that that's the first challenging road trip so you know listen you, you get off to baltimore and we're going to be there really soon that team is playing very well i knew that they you know we knew that they were, had made the strides last season no question but they're playing at an even higher level than than i thought so that's going to be a real interesting series and then you go right into new york again you're gonna you're gonna bang heads with those guys again and the mets you have the off day in between you know the dodgers are going to be hanging around i mean there's a there's a lot of uh a lot of tough games coming up, but I think this team relishes that opportunity. I, I think that it's something that fuels them. I think that everybody, as much as they may tell you that they don't pay attention to the outside noise, they know that people are saying, well, you haven't played anybody. <laughs> okay, well, we, you, you you just, you know, not too long ago, you, you played Pittsburgh. It was the battle of the two best records in Major League Baseball. What'd you do? You swept them. So I think that they've taken this stuff personally and that they're going to go out there And just continue to use these games as a a measuring stick and just play hard that night and and prove to people and show people how good they are. So I think that that these games will have their attention and that you're just going to get nothing but great effort from them. And if they play up to their standards, they're going to come out of that that stretch and feel really good about themselves because it's a really good team
4: well let's hope it continues the ride's been a lot of fun and and spending some time with you breaking it down has been fun as well ba we appreciate a few minutes have a good call as always neil thank you so much my man take care we continue on this week in race baseball we appreciate the time of brian anderson from Bally sports sun time to take a look at the race bullpen with uh, their new coach there jorge Moncado. jorge first of all thanks for a few minutes
3: hey thanks neil thanks for having me what has
4: the last couple months been like for you um and what has it meant And what's the adjustment been like?
3: Oh, it's been uh, all the learning process, getting to know the guys, getting to know the dynamic of the team and the bullpen. So it's been really, really great two months on how things play here and how, you know, the good is the chemistry of this team.
4: Obviously, the the fact that um, this team has gotten off to a good start, I would think, has helped.
3: Oh yeah, it's always very helpful. Helpful to win games, of course. So, I think it's just a matter. Also, that these guys been together for two years now, so that really help.
4: When you got this job, how did you spend the off season, kind of getting ready? And how helpful was Kyle and even Stan? I don't know if you talked to him much uh, before you got started getting to know guys.
3: Yeah, I spent the off season um, looking around. What is to be a bullpen coach? I I met with Stan, you know, a couple times also talk to Kyle a little bit and we get together at the drop a couple times as well you know looking for what he needs or what he wants from me and so that was kind of my off season yeah.
4: What has been the biggest change because you were a coordinator for many years and for our fans who don't know that means you're spending a week here a week there a week there where now you're with the same guys all the time almost.
3: Yeah, that's, that's one, you know, staying in one place or with uh, one team, 13 guys, 14 guys for you. Uh, that's one change. And, and, you know, as a coordinator, you're more focused on coaching the coaches so they can coach the players. Now you're here to coach the players as well and help Kyle as much as possible. So that's kind of the two big things that I think that were different.
4: How different is it to, obviously, at the minor league level, the focus is on winning and development. With the focus here, yes, you're developing, but obviously winning takes even a greater priority. How different is that as from a coaching standpoint?
3: No, yeah, of course, it's, it's a bit different. You can, uh, you know, in the minor leagues, you, you can some sometimes a script, you know, what, who's pitching and when, and based on what, you know, what he needs to get better at. and But also, what I hear in the big leagues is about just get the guy ready because we need him for the batter on deck and to get that guy out so we can win the game how
4: helpful have the players been in helping you get accustomed because obviously almost all of the bullpen was back from a year ago
3: yeah i mean they this is such an outstanding group that they made me feel at home from the very first day i mean they all these guys are great they they, you know they kind of teach me a little bit how the dynamics sometimes also i brought a few things new to them, and they were they were happy with it and they're always open to talk. They're always open to suggestions. And, and I'm as well open to any feedback that they have. So they've been great.
4: And you've had to get used to a lot of different guys, too, because the Rays have probably used as many pitchers, even though you've had probably a core that's been the same, but as many pitchers in the bullpen as any team in the league.
3: Yeah, that's true. And and and, and, and we're ready for it because I'm ready for it because this, uh, you know, it's a philosophy that the Rays have, you know, no matter how many pitchers come to, to the to the big league team is the philosophy that we have about developing guys and get the best uh, version of themselves.
4: And I would imagine that that helps that some of these guys you did know already and had a good relationship with.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I had a couple guys that I know before. You know, Pochia, I met him before. Uh, of course, that Bradley, I met him before. He's a starter. But, yeah, there were a few guys that, that I met before, and, and, you know, we have some type of relationship like Johnny Chirinos also. So, yeah, that really helped to, to you know, uh, create a relationship and develop them.
4: Let's walk through, first of all, one question I had before we get into some specific names. When a guy is a bulk pitcher, like a Yanni, like a Josh Fleming, do you spend more time with them, or because they're kind of quasi-starters, <clears throat> does Kyle spend more time with them?
3: No, I mean, we, we, we both spend time, no matter the role, Um uh, Sometimes, you know, in the bullpen, of course, Kyle takes over. But if, I'm, if they're playing catch or something, Kyle and I, were on the same page. So if he's not around, I can, you know, give the message as well to whatever they're working on, no matter if they're bulk starters or relievers.
4: Before we talk about some of the, the returning guys, I was curious about a guy like Kevin Kelly. I would think it's very hard for a Rule 5 guy to come in. And it seems like he is growing in confidence with each appearance. How has he developed?
3: Oh, he's he's been really good. He's the, he's it's a hard worker. He pay attention to the details and you know little things that we we suggest him to do. He he did it right away. So that's why making these progress. And also, like I said, the the group that we have in the bullpen made him feel comfortable, and that really helped when he goes out there and feels like you have eight more guys supporting you.
4: What makes his stuff work? Because he gets a lot of awkward swings.
3: You know, the, of course, we're talking about Sai armor, you know, being that low arm, arm slot. And also, you know, the movement on the pitches. And he's violent when he throws the ball. So there's a lot of deception in there, the way he throws the ball, plus the movement that these pitches have.
4: Probably one guy who had maybe the best year in the bullpen last year has really come around lately. Jason Adams. What did you see at the beginning in, in late March, early April, and how is he now starting to really find his form?
3: Well, Jason, he always been good. It's just, you know, the timing of, you know, got to go to Baseball Classic at some point and come back here. So I think it's, uh, the first two weeks of the season were like the end of spring training for him. So now it's just going back to normal normal shape during the season so for me it's not surprising it's just the way the year was different by having and pitching in the baseball class that you gotta throw hard you gotta pitch in high intensity games too early uh... but i think it's it's just going back to normal season for him right now might be march 30th
4: (laughs) how good is his stuff because it seems like he has three pitches he can get guys out with
3: It's really good a lot of movement you know then in velocity, and, and plus, you know, he can he can throw them for a strike. So that's kind of the perfect combination to, to have a good stuff and, and get outs.
4: Ryan Thompson had himself um, a stretch where he was down for a little bit, but it looks like he's bounced back from that very nicely.
3: He he bounced back very well. He I didn't think he, you know, he just needed a couple of days to, you know, reset uh, physically, but he's back, and he's throwing the ball over the plate, and... You know, it's he's another guy that's very deceptive that he just need when he throws the ball over the plate like he's doing it, it's gonna be very hard to hit.
4: Javi Guerra is a guy who you had last year and you probably had for some in Durham. When he's going well, what goes well and where do you want to get him back to?
3: We just uh we just talked to him about just throw the ball over the plate. Just you know the command, just with the pitches that he has and the velocity and all that kinda of thing. He doesn't need to go to the corners or anything, just throw the ball to the plate, um, repeat his delivery and just get the guys to swing the ball early. So it that's kinda of what we think is gonna be good for him to get the best.
4: Is that more mental or physical the changes you need him to make to do that?
3: I think I think he's I think he's physical. I think he's he's in a good spot mentally. It's just you know it's coming from uh, another experience in another organization so you know he went through um, few changes that he did, um, so it's just a matter of getting back to to where where he was, you know, at the end of last year with us, and I think it's just a matter of time.
4: The three lefties in the bullpen—they've had all their moments. Um, let's start with Garrett Clevenger. When he's going well, what works for him, and where do you want to get him to?
3: Uh, the fastball velocity, you know, and the carry and the, and uh, and the sinker on the fastball—he has the ability to have. Those two fastball, those two type of movements. So when he throws that fastball over the plate and and just create that movement versus lefties and righties, that's when he's is the the best version of him. Yeah. And then for Jalen Beeks, Jalen he, he has a really good changeup, and when he's the, you know he stays online to the plate, the the pitch is is the he's in the strike zone, he gets swing and misses. So that's when he he really can mix it up with his fastball and his uh, breaking pitch.
4: And Colin Pochet, I know he's been working on the slider. Um, What will allow him to get that fastball where he gets a lot of those swings and misses with that pitch too?
3: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, having that, that second pitch, having the slider, allow him to get more swings with the fastball, of course, and, you know, be more... We're less predictable, too. You know, you're know. you not only one pitch. Anytime you can throw that slider, like he did it last, you know, like he did it uh, yesterday in the first game against the Pirates and uh, and got that suit of from miss uh, from McCutcheon.
4: Well, I know there's going to be a lot of movement during the course of the year, but hopefully it's something you get used to, and we appreciate some time on This Week in Race Baseball.
3: Oh Thanks for having me, Neil. And, yeah, we hope uh, we keep, the, you know, winning like we're doing right now. <laughs>
4: That's Jorge Moncada, again, the Rays bullpen coach, joining us. Coming up on This Week in Rays Baseball, we'll hear from Manny Navarro. We'll talk a bit about Gene Ramirez and the Families Foundation. We'll do that when we return. Thanks for being with us. You're listening to the Rays Baseball Network.
1: Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story and one of the best
4: We continue on this week in Race Baseball, and of course, as we uh, wrap up the first week of May, it is Mental Health Awareness Month, and that's the real reason we have Manny Navarro with us, as he has so many important hats with the team, from uh, translator to batting practice uh, to so many other roles with the club. Manny, we really appreciate a few minutes. Thank you, Neil. Thank you for having me. We had uh, Tony and Carlos Ramirez on the program last week, obviously, uh, to remember Gene and, and also to talk about the importance of Mental Health Awareness Month. First, let's start with Gene. To you, when you think of this month of
0: May, what what stands out to you? Uh, well, Gene, of course, you know, and uh, obviously it was unfortunate what happened with him, but um, we're able to learn from situations like that and then, you know, wonder um, what we could have done and, and how we could have helped. And I think, you know, if we were aware of these mental health, you know, uh, signs of some sort or how we could have helped, maybe we could have, you know, assisted him one way or another. Sometimes tragedy not only
4: leads you down better paths, but it can lead you to becoming closer as a group. How much closer is this group on this side uh, of the clubhouse now than, let's say, it was a year ago?
0: Oh, it's in- in- Incredibly, incredibly. There's a lot closer than they were before. Um, Whether it has to do with that, I don't know, or the way people approach life, I think it's a little bit different. I know personally, you know, I really appreciate each day a little bit more than than I did before. And I think, like I said, on a personal level, I think that has helped me go on a day-to-day basis with this team.
4: And I know that Ray Allen, who also was very close with him, I would assume the two of you have have probably grown closer through all this, a a common bond?
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Three of us lived together in spring training, and since then Ray and I have just kept that tradition, so we've lived together again the last uh, couple of spring trainings because of that. What are the things that, as a friend, you would want Ray's fans to know about who Gene was and what he meant? How genuine he was, how helpful he was, uh, and how much he actually cared for for the people around him, whoever, uh, whether it was a teammate, a friend, obviously his parents. He had the a great love for them, and, and obviously his brother. So if you was if you were on Gene's side, he loved you just as much as you loved him. I was I would assume that having lived with him in spring training, you probably have some
4: really. Wonderful stories about how giving he was.
0: Yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, he he could make anybody laugh, and his his laugh was infectious, and his smile, and it was just we had great times, you know, after practices and after games all the time.
4: We talk here about um, the the many sides that he had too. I know we touched on that. Do you still
0: have some of his art or wear some of his sneakers that he decorated? I didn't. I uh, I knew how much. How much work he had, because everyone wanted all his shoes, so I didn't want to add on to that. So I always said, hey, whenever you got time, maybe off-season or so, I'm going to get me a pair of white shoes and I'm going to have you do something to them. But, um, you know, talking to his parents, I know his, his artwork is, is unbelievable. I saw it in person, but I never kept any of it, unfortunately.
4: How close have you gotten to, to Tony and Carlos over the last year and change?
0: Oh, I'm fortunate enough to say that they say that I'm an adopted son, that I kind of filled in, me, me and Ray, which you know I can never replace what Gene was, but just to be told that and know how much they really appreciate our friendship and our friendship with Gene, that they've taken us in as, as their own, and it's really special.
4: To you, um, what does it mean that they came this week, uh, that they spent this first month of the first homestand here in May at the ballpark
0: with, you, with Ray, with the whole team. Uh, reminding us of, of the awareness of the cause that we're all here for. You know, they're, they're intentionally here for, for the month of May, obviously, to, to promote the mental health awareness. And um, although it may be tough for them and for anyone to even talk about, but it's it's good that they have this platform of the, the stadium and able to promote it. And, you know, being interviewed by different networks and, and different people, it really allows them to – potentially save a life in the future for someone else and someone else's family.
4: Do more discussions happen about challenges that you guys are facing on and off the field, outside the clubhouse, inside the clubhouse, than you did before all this
0: happened? 100%. 100%. I could, I can say for myself I check in with family and friends a lot more often. Um, I bring up conversations outside of baseball more often to players here uh just to you know baseball is a stressful game and a stressful business sometimes you just got to forget about it and talk about something completely different to hopefully ease the mind a little bit
4: because you know everyone talks about the start that this team got off to this year and some have said that the chemistry of the group and the closeness of the group is there too do you feel that and perhaps in some way that's all connected
0: uh, I would hope so, and I'd like to think so. I mean, I'm, I'm a big believer in, in that, in in chemistry and uh, good vibes, as I like to say a lot. And I think we have a lot of that going on from every aspect of this team.
4: When um, when you see his his family here, what, what comes to mind? What memories flood in?
0: What types of things do you think about? Uh, support. I think the word support, because how much they supported him. And if, if he wasn't here, I would have never met them. And to see how much he supports his parents and how much his parents supported him, it really, you, you, you feel supported yourself. And that's why I think of the bond between me and his, his parents and his family have, have grown so much.
4: Since last year's Mental Health Awareness Month, the, the, the family has created this foundation. What does it mean to see this foundation created? And for you, what does it mean?
0: Um, you know, I like to, it's... Like I said, it, personally, it you know, my family's involved in it as far as they, they're aware of what it is. Um, they've asked questions, and, and I told them what I know about it, how I've talked to his parents about just the the organization, the program, what they're trying to, to target. Like I said, promote the mental awareness, and, uh, you know, I know my sisters are very into – I know the clothing line has come out, so not just because – it's the clothing line, but because of the cause of the clothing line and why we're actually doing it, they're they're starting to feed off into their kids, which is my nieces and nephews, and I think that's very important as well.
4: You're still wearing the wristband, I see.
0: Always. I will always. For a very long time, I, know, I don't have a, a point of, I don't have reason to not have it on. It's just, it's a reminder for me as well, you know, when... We all have our moments when we lose control of an emotion of some sort and the sense of anxiety might kick in. And sometimes I just give it a little tap of the wrist or just give it a little look, and everything kind of just goes away at that point.
4: I would assume not only you but a lot of the pitchers, because most of the bullpen is back from a year ago, so most of those guys and have a certain sense of closeness too. Is there a lot of talk? How often does Gene's name come
0: up? Uh, I would probably say more often than not. Uh, with more guys in particular, obviously, um, than, than others, you know, the guys that actually played with him, you know, the McClanahan's, the Shane Bozz's that were actually teammates with him, um, even Poche, you know, they were college teammates. Um, so you still see guys wearing the bracelet as well. They still have it on whether it's on while they're pitching, but they probably have it in their back pocket or something or they, they wear it Uh, on a a regular basis and again it's just a reminder it's a good conversation yeah it could be sad it could be we can even get angry sometimes but at the time it's at the end of the day he always puts a smile on our face after that conversation.
4: And the organization's support through all of this what has it
0: meant? Uh, Again just promoting the cause of it can be anyone it can be anyone that's dealing through something and and it's okay to talk about you know it's not uh this this you know bad topic anymore it's actually acceptable to talk about and it should be acceptable to talk about because we're all going through things in our personal lives and we have to come out here players got to come out and perform and and staff got to come out here and perform as well and there could always be a lot of pressure but that it's okay and and they're supportive of of that because not every major sports organization has the backing
4: of its folks like the Rays
0: do. Mm, yeah, exactly. Exactly. They they really care. This organization has always cared about the people that they that works for them, um, and I'm very grateful to be part of this organization because they support causes like that. And you've been here now how many years, Manny? I'm uh, going on my sixth year. Seventh season, sixth year. Did you
4: feel that way from the moment you walked in? That sense of family, that sense of belonging, that sense of caring.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, Eric Neander was the one that found me and. <laughs> If you ever met him in person, if you had a chance to talk to him, he's just a, a great individual, and I've been fortunate to have known him and for him to find me, and it trickles down from the top all the way down to the bottom. What do you enjoy most about what you do for this organization? Because you do a lot um, beyond
4: having you know, the friends and connections that we've talked about, whether it's translating, whether it's throwing batting practice, what part of this do you enjoy the most?
0: Oh every every second of it. Every every aspect of it. The translating, the hitting ground balls, the the throwing BP, because the players appreciate it. And if I know I'm appreciated one way or another, it just makes me that much more grateful that I could do this for them and help them out in whichever way possible. And growing up when did you decide you
4: wanted to be involved with Major League Baseball?
0: Probably even before I grew up. When I was probably five years old my mom has no idea where I got a baseball glove and a ball. And I have a picture of me in a baby outfit with a baseball in hand. And since I can remember first grade on, I have wanted to be a baseball player.
4: Well, here's to many more positive memories going forward. We appreciate you uh, remembering Gene with us here in Mental Health Awareness Month. And uh, we thank you for coming on the program. Awesome. Thank you, Neil. Muchas
0: gracias. Thanks
4: to Manny Navarro and all of the guests on the program today, including infielder Isak Paredes, bullpen coach Jorge Moncada, and Brian Anderson of Bally Sports Sun. If you ever have something you want to hear on the program, all you have to do is tweet at Neil Solons or at Rays Radio. Thanks today to Derek DuBose back in our network studios, plus on-site assistance from Chris Miller, Becca Carney, Parker Welch, and Alex Fuse. Next week, we'll have a Mother's Day edition of the program, and we look forward to being with you then. Until then, I'm Neil Solon. Stay tuned. Rays getting set for the last of three with the New York Yankees. The pregame show is coming up. You are listening to the Rays Baseball Network.
1: Thank you for listening to This Week in Rays Baseball. Breaking ball lifted in the air, way up there, in the right field and deep. Judge is going back towards the corner at the wall. Gone! And the Rays jump in front four-to-one. If you missed any of the show, catch it at RaysBaseball.com radio.